podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the View from the Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 14th of December, 2021. My name's Patrick Smith. Not long till Santa Claus visits. Hmm. A, couple of, a couple of shows before that could happen. It's a hell of a week for the Belfast Giants just gone by. Of course, you get us on all your favorite podcast platforms and on YouTube, where you can get little bits and pieces more. It's going to be one great show. We're going to have... Jordan Boucher on. He'll be answering your TFAs. We'll also be hearing from the CEO of the Aussie Trust, Robert Fitzpatrick, about the friendship four. Uh, we've got a couple of a few games to talk about. We may mention a game against Nottingham. And uh, we'll look ahead a little bit to the uh to the games against the Sheffield Steelers and a bit of news besides. We also have the Player of the Month results sponsored by Phonacab. Um and we'll start off by uh, introducing the two good friends who are here with me right now. Mr. McJimsey, how are you? Paddy, I've got to admit, I'm feeling a wee bit rough this week, so I've got a lot of benalin in me, I've got some phenylephrine hydrochloride in me, and I've big ball of monster. Big ball, big if, ball if of any, monster. If any of the three companies wish to sponsor the podcast, <laughs> I drink your stuff on air, no problem. <laughs> Speaking of a big monster, how are you doing, Kitty? You all right? I'm just getting a vitamin C in the wee bit of orange. Um, sorry, David. Um, thanks for uh, uh, nine supplements for the oranges. <laughs> the um, but yeah, no, I'm all right. Hey, Paddy, actually, yeah, not too bad. I uh, I'm going to start with a. I seem to be doing this quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. I'm going to start with an apology to you, two gents. Joel will be with us later on. Actually, I'll just note that apparently he's got some other issues at Lauren happening, but he will be with us later on. But I'm going to apologise because usually. I'll reach over here. Usually I do a bit of an agenda. Uh, people might be stunned at this, that so there might be an agenda to this show, but there is. The, uh, and it, usually I try to do it in a bit, you know, that has a bit of detail and, you know, it looks a bit more professional and I sort of just so I know what I'm doing. And that's what it normally looks like. Not today. Today, it's scribbled on a page. Yeah, sure. That's wing it. That's, so that's Come where we are. Business. So let's, uh, let's battle our way through. And see how we get on, shall we, gentlemen? Um, we're going to st- we're going to start with the uh, the Challenge Cup game that took place last Wednesday, and uh, that was against, of course, the Coventry Blaze. Uh, first leg of the Challenge Cup that took place in Coventry, and it was a three-two win at that point for the Blaze. Uh, the Blaze goals coming from Evan Bloodoff, uh, Nathaniel Halbert, and Bloodoff getting the second. Two power play goals for the. Uh, Two power play goals for the Coventry Blaze, and for the Belfast Giants, the two goals both coming from JJ Piganich in goals for the Coventry <clears> Blaze. CJ Mott forty-five shots against, two goals against, and for Tyler Beskarowani thirty-eight shots against, three goals against, and your two referees for the night were Tom Perring and Liam Sewell. Um, I'm not going to go too much into this game, Davy, because obviously this is half time, but. Um, an interesting game, nonetheless. Coventry looking quite strong. Two power play goals on it. Uh, and the Giants fighting back with the two that they got, but probably should have had a third as well. Yeah, I guess what I liked most probably about this game was our third period. Um, I thought we performed pretty well tonight, actually. Um, quite strong face-off circle. 
dominated possession like we have been doing in a lot of games. Uh, and unfortunately, giving up those goals on the on the special teams is something that we have been focusing on, have been doing well in some games. Some games we've slipped a wee bit. Um, so you get you get behind, but I liked our pushback in the third period. I liked the way we came to play big time in that third period. We threw a lot on CJ Mott in that third, and I think the goal from JJ Pickenitz from Conway is a real example of just keep going. This this is a this is only coming up to half time, but you've got to keep going, keep yourself in the game. Um, so as you say, we don't want to focus too much on this game. There was a lot of things that I liked from it. There was a, some things I didn't like from it, but I say I really enjoyed our third per- period, the way we pushed back ourselves back in this game and all to play for in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, Simon, it, it was uh, a good a good enough performance from, yeah. from Belfast. It's it's chalked down as a loss, unfortunately, in the way that these stats come through, but it is only half time. Yeah, that, I mean, that David touched on it there. That second goal could be absolutely crucial, but the third goal... Um, mm. Just by looking at the reaction of the players, the official who points at the, the net, um, and I got a, uh, I tweeted about it the other night, um, and then I got a, a message. I think it was a guy called Kevin Madden who lives. He's a Giants fan, but lives yeah. in Southampton. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kevin says he was three rows back. The puck was definitely in the net, and you even see the reaction of the Coventry players, and they're just their heads just drop, getting back from three one up to basically a chance being three three. It's a goal, and it's waved off. Adam was not happy. Um, but like coming back with a goal down, you just need to win the game in Belfast. Um, you know, you'd, you'd like to think you'd basically, well, we're again, missing bodies, a few guys missing out. Um, looking forward. I, I, I think we'll go through. Um, I think we'll, we've got enough in the tank to, to uh, put everything together for that win on the 12th of January. But I think you're right, Paddy. You know, it was, it's, it's one of those games where the guys – just a majority of guys have never played in that situation before with the aggregate and probably just, you know, don't really get it. But, you know, they just need to win more, one more game. And we'll, I'll go through and I'm pretty confident we'll do that. I think Simon's right there. The biggest tale from the, the goal that was disallowed isn't so much the Giants players because they're always going to go up for, for something that's in and around the net. It's the, it's the body language, the Coventry players. They were, oh, I know, we've conceded. And, you know, it was a, it was the first game where we had a bit of adversity this season. Well, we obviously played short at, at earlier in the season, but Slater Dog goes down during the game, doesn't return with other bodies out injured. Cam Knight obviously returned that night as well. But um You only played so, five minutes. Yeah, like it's it's one of those that we'll, we'll come on to the weekend and time on ice for some of the players was phenomenal over the weekend, but we'll we'll come on to that. Um it's frustrating time, though, Davy. So I just I want I just want to just on, on that point and the point of the, with regards to the goal. It's the frustration that this game is moving on. This 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 league is moving on. They're doing so many things right to try to develop it. This is a must, and it should be operational. I know the Coventry have had their issues over the last couple of weeks regards to the ice and <clears> blah, 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 and that is difficult for them. We spoke to Danny Stewart last week, and he was saying, you know, how difficult is frustration when you, you want, the guys want to get out there to practice and the likes. But this is something that, we were talking about goal line technology five, ten years ago. And I, you know, I, I, thought had, um, all, I thought it was in all the arenas. I, exactly. I, I, I was thought it was John Jones we had on. Well. Was it John Jones we had on? John Jones he was, was involved and, in it, yeah. He was involved in it. And whatever has happened here, it's just a failure of the systems. Now, yes, the referee's right there. He should be. He does call it. You know what I mean? The goal gets called the, the, and it gets chalked off. But there should be goal line technology. It should be operational. And 
I don't mean to say that teams should be fined, but we're fining teams and players for DOPS infringements. If technology infringements are part of it in the setup, then teams should feel the brunt of that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I I don't know if it's the club that pays for it. I don't know if it's the league that pays for it. I'm assuming it is the club um, or the arena itself. You know, it, it's it's unacceptable. As you say, Pai, I mean, we're improving in, in a hell of a lot of angles within the IHL. And if it's not in, in, in it's if it's not in one rink, then why should it be in the rest? Why should the rest of the clubs have to pay for it? It's I, just... I, I genuinely says thought that this was a league infrastructure thing. I, I think it was too. Five, at least five years ago. At least. You know, you know, I remember I remember a game that was the year before last, and I think it was in Fife, and they oh, didn't sorry. have one. Um, and I think there was talk about Fife, you know, over, I can't remember who they played. I, I don't think it was us, but I think it was maybe Cardiff or something, and, and maybe Cardiff coaches or Adam Drew Lord was, was on going on about it. But, look, you know what? It, get it done. Just It, it evens the line for everybody. It, it, it could go your way on occasion. It could go against you on occasion. But over the long run, I would like to think that it would even itself up. But, again, you know, in, in certain circumstances like this, if this was the second leg and that goal's cancelled out, and everybody else has seen it, but there's no camera to basically confirm it. And it's cancelled out for you not going through to the final, or even in the final itself in an overtime situation, you get that goal. Go back to the laptop goal with, yeah, you know, exactly. yeah, against the Cardiff Devils in Belfast. That's exactly what it's all about. Now, again, it just so happens that it didn't work that night in Belfast. Um, and I had to basically get it from a different angle. But... It's 2021, guys. But the technology was there. We did get it eventually. You know what I mean? The referees were able to see it. Yeah. That's one for you you to chase up, Paddy. Find out what's happening. Thanks, Davey. You've got a direct link in there to EIHL Towers. I I, I showed you the state of the agenda today. I'll put that on my list of something. (laughs) Write write a letter. (laughs) (laughs) Write a letter. That's it. I'll get in touch with Luke and see what happens. Right. I think we'll move on from that, gentlemen. Uh, Obviously, that was the first leg. The second leg is in like a month's time. So um, we'll come back to that once that comes around. And um, there's the other Challenge Cup. Uh, quarterfinal first legs that took place over the weekend and when Joel joins us later on he'll probably give us the information on that. With that we shall move on to the weekend and the first visitors of two games at the SSE Arena were that of the Fife Flyers coming in after being beaten the previous week in their own barn. Uh, they came in and were beaten here as well. 3-1 to your Belfast Giants. Scott Conway with the opening goal for the Giants. JJ Pekinich made it uh, two. Um, the Fife Flyers pulled one back in the third through Scott Jameson, and then Griffin Reinhardt rounded out the score in a 55-54 to make it 3-1 to the Belfast Giants. Jackson Whistle in net, 26 shots against, one goal against. <clears throat> Shane Owen on the other side, 33 shots against, three goals against, and the two referees on the night were Tom Perring and Stefan Hogarth. Says um, it was one goal up all the way to the third period, um, which is always a bit tense, especially, you know, you, know, you want to get that result. You want, especially a game against the five Flyers, who have been up, bit up and down. Going into that third period, the Giants did need to get those goals to go ahead, and they got them. Yeah, and I mean, I thought the Flyers started really well. Actually, um, you know, they they played really tight. I, I thought they they looked compact. We're missing a lot of bodies. Obviously, we'll talk we'll talk about that over the next couple of games. Um, you know, we, we're missing five guys on on um, on Friday night. Sorry, Saturday night, you know, you'd been Lake out with suspension, which we didn't touch on in the Coventry game. Um, no. I think that's totally deserved, we're, to be honest. We are going to come back to that. Okay. Um, 
we then look at the likes of Slater Dogger missing from the the weekend itself. Kieran Long was out injured. Cam Knight was out injured. And Darcy Murphy. And, you know, that's one full line. Now, Adam then made the decision to bring a couple of kids in. Obviously, Mac has played before, brought young Carter Hamill in um, and, and gave him a couple of, of, of um, shifts itself. And I have to say that both of them did very, very well all weekend. Adam Robinson as well. And, you know, they add up, even though it was only two or three or four minutes each um, for the way for the Friday night or the Saturday night game against the Five Flyers, they did very, very well whenever they get on the ice. They did not look out of place. But the, the Belfast Giants getting that first goal, which we've just seen on the screen, is all about this. It's all about J.J. Pickenich and that backhand pass right onto the tape of Scott Conway was absolutely unreal. He, he's skating away from him. You sort of just see him having to look over his right shoulder and, and catching him out the side of his eye. And it was right from tape to tape, right through the seam itself. Outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. One of the best passes I've seen at the SSC yeah. Arena in a long, long time. And then he goes on to get the second goal as well. And and you know you, you're sitting, you're looking comfortable at two 0 Fife not really doing anything, you know, spectacular. But then the, the big goal for the Flyers comes out with Scott Jamison getting it, and and it was a whole rigmarole around the net. Boucher had um, uh, one of their guys, I can't remember who it was, and a high and a headlock right in front of the referee. Uh, the play continues because the Giants don't have the puck, um, and then they stick it in the net. Jackson has to be commended because he was absolutely brilliant in the first 35, 40 mm-hmm. minutes. Um, you know, he'll be disappointed with giving that one up. But again, if the first shot comes in, then the rebound he makes a save on, and he just doesn't get to the third attempt, which Jamison puts in. I thought we totally deserved the win. I genuinely do. And Griffin Reinhardt getting that goal, which we had a great angle on from, from where we are um, in, the, in the comedy box, was an absolutely outstanding finish. Great play by um, Jeff Baum to keep it in the zone. Gary giving it across. Um, and then obviously Reinhardt stepping up and, and putting the top shelf. So t- I thought we totally deserved the win. I thought we controlled the majority of the game. Um, but again, you know, it's one of them ones, Paddy, where you mentioned right at the right start. You're only one goal up going into the third period. It can go either way. Um, but luckily enough, we managed to come out with the points. Control, Davey. That, I think that's the upward from uh, from says there. Despite the fact that, you know, it was only a one goal game going into the third, the Giants did tend to be in control of most of that game. Yeah, and uh, we, we talked um, in the Coventry game about being, Simon's mentioned about being the body's dying. I was talking earlier about, you know, time on ice. And like I said, Jeff Baum, I think it was 28, 29 minutes or something on Saturday night. Reinhardt, Rain, all those guys are basically playing every other shift. They pretty much played with two deep turns. Gary was having to play up front at times. So, uh, you know, credit those guys. That's a massive, massive chunk of change to have to play half a game yeah. at this intensity. Um, because Fife just didn't go away. And the the last goal is probably my favourite in the night. Sam kind of touched on it there. You know, Reinhardt k- takes a lovely feed from Gary down the left wing and he just ever so slightly flexes as if he's going to pass. And Oi just drops the right shoulder an inch and it's put up over the top of it. And I think you were possibly commentating with Longer, was it, on Saturday night? And yes. talking about NHL quality shot, which it was. There's nowhere to put that and he's put it right up there. Pop the water bottle, which is always great to see. And, uh, you know, that that was the kind of insurance goal for us to go on then in the last quarter, sort of five minutes and <clears throat> that, that put Fife to bed at that stage. It was um, another game where we kind of dominated in the face-off circle and when we dominate in the face-off circle, I've talked about it for 10 years, we dominate possession and when you've got possession, it helps when you're short bodies that you're not chasing the puck and, you know, we did simple things very well and Saturday and we chipped it out of our own zone when we had to. 
we went we worked very hard we worked hard on the four check as well when we had to and and as simon has said about carter and um mac getting their shifts four shifts each and that's four shifts that the other guys don't have to play which just keeps them that little bit fresher for that last five minutes when we had to go to work to just see the game out so credit to them they've done themselves really proud simon will talk about it on sunday night it doesn't come across when you're watching it on the tape as much as it does when you're in person but when those kids are stepping out on the ice the arena is coming to life this is what you know the 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 change in atmosphere when those young guys because the the crowd want to embrace them they're representing us even more than than the guys that are coming in from north america to do because they're local lads and uh you know, credit to them that did themselves no 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 harm at all. Quick note about the uh, the Teddy toss as well. You see, after that first goal goes in, those on YouTube says you know a hell of a lot of Teddy's going on. Was the big brown bar thrown on? Big brown bar was there, mate. Yep, absolutely. The um, you know, it, it's 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 fantastic what the Giants fans do. You know, they they embrace everything that we put together with with regards to charitable needs and and obviously the the Teddy bear toss for the local hospitals. Um, it's going to the the Royal and the Ulster, and there is somewhere else. I just can't remember where it is. Um, but I have to give a mention. And but remember, right. we, we had a conversation mm-hmm. at the end of last week's podcast about uh, Laura Small, um, yes. and I said that she wouldn't be happy with it, and she wouldn't. I got a, I got a talking to in the next morning. Um, <laughs> the, morning the morning after, um, she wasn't happy about getting the, all the adulation, even though it is totally deserved with it. But Laura and Karen went in early on Sunday morning. To get all the teddy bears sorted, to get all of them packed in for each hospital. Um, there's, I mean, you, you always get people. You know, they're asked to bring them in bags. You always get people who walk past it and then throw the teddy bear on. And when it hits the ice and it gets wet, you have to throw it out. You can't. Yep. You, you can't send it to the hospital. It's you know, it's got to be clean and, and new. Um, and uh, and they went in early, early Sunday morning um, to get all those teddy bears all off the the rack in the boxes and ready to go. Uh, to the hospitals, which I believe is tomorrow and Thursday. Um, I think the players are kicking to the third, tomorrow and Thursday. So, you know, another big pat in the back to Lauren and Karen. Probably the, probably the NI Hospice is the other one. NI Hospice, that's the other yeah. one, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was really fortunate. I went up there with Smo a couple of years ago. We took the Elite League trophy up during the in between the Liberettes and who was the second the German team we played? Uh, the Augsburg. Uh, Augsburg. Uh, so in between those games, we went up that day and we took the, the trophy around a few nursing homes and stuff. And the work that the staff do up there is just, it was a day that'll live with me for a long time. I'd never been to the hospice or a hospice before. You know, I've been to nursing homes and I've been to hospitals and stuff, but different level going up that hospice. And just the work that the, the manager is and, and all the staff do up there is, is unbelievable. And Laura's always up there doing stuff. So like, you know, Sam's already give her a nod there, but like what those people do is just incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. So it's a credit, like I say, it's a credit to Laura and it's a credit to the Belfast Giants fans who came out, like you say, with their generosity. Yep. And there was also, I uh, just to touch on it because it was mentioned last week with Laura, the, the, the other stuff that went on with the donor discussion and, and the stuff with young Dahi looked, uh, looked great, says. Yeah, the, he's such a nice kid. Great energy, that um, kid. 100%. You know, he came down on Saturday morning. Laura organized for his, him and his parents to come down on Saturday morning, watch the morning skate. All the boys were, were on the ice on Sunday morning to get them the fist bumps and and uh, and then Taft got a stick for him, and and he's running about with a stick and putting the pe- people's legs and what have you. And it's great to see. But I mean, we've we've all got kids, and we know idea what this family has to go through. And um, and obviously waiting for uh, for the right donor to come along for 
for Dahi, but he, the, honestly, he's such he's just one of the nicest kids. Um, massive, massive Giants fan. And he's got um, the character he has, the, the personality he has, it just shines through as well. Um, and his dad, both his mom and dad speak very, very well. Um, they did the interview with UTV. Laura was on that as well. Um, and it was shown on UTV, I think it was last um, Friday night or Saturday or something. Um, but again, all the work that goes into that and and hopefully, you know, I know that they're very, very, um, I know that the, the um, Dai's parents were very, very positive with the way the the Giants and everything that the Giants did on Saturday night for them. I've still seen some of the posts and tweets that are coming out from them over the last few days as well. So it's great to see another thing that, another, another string to the bow for the Giants because everything they do, again, Laura is involved in it. Um, and she, you know, the, the time and effort that she puts into it and the passion that she puts into it as well has been absolutely outstanding for over the number of years. Here, here. Well done. I'm going to get the work in the pool tomorrow morning. You like. are. I just wanted to push that a little bit more so you got it on. <laughs> yeah. No, fantastic. And, and congratulations to everybody involved. A, a wonderful a wonderful thing to see and a wonderful way for it all to be put together. We're going to move on. <clears throat> Sorry, the highlights of that game, obviously, <clears throat> Belfast Giants TV. And we're going to move on to Sunday afternoon. Uh, the Belfast Giants uh, invited in the Nottingham Panthers for the first time this season. And it was a win. And it was a tight win. It was, I want to bring it up on the screen because I want to do that first. It was a 7-2 smashing for the Belfast Giants of the Nottingham Panthers. Tyler Soy, we'll come to that in a second. Tyler Soy, who the opening goal in the power play. Kevin Rain and Lewis Hook made it 3-0 before Jeremy Welsh, Welsh, sorry, Jeremy Welsh made it 3-1. Um, Scott Conway on the power play made it 4-1 and Matthew Lane scored the only other goal for the Nottingham Panthers to make it 4-2 and it was Lewis Hook, Scott Conway and Scott Conway again with his hat-trick to make it 7-2 to your Belfast Giants in nets uh, Tyler Beskarowani, the home goalie 27 shots against, 2 goals against uh, Kevin Carr started the game uh, he's 22 shots against, three goals against. Fortunately, he took an injury in a collision with uh, our guest this, this evening in uh, in Jordan Boucher and left the game after 34 minutes. William Curlin came in to play the remaining 25. He faced set 12 shots and conceded four goals. Uh, your referees on the night were uh, Tom Perring and Stefan Hogarth. Davey, I'll, I'll start with you. Um uh, we got a tweet in from a from a P Smith in Manchester, and I wonder, would you agree with him? And when he says, "Yeah, slap it up, yes," look, um, beating the Panthers <laughs> by five clear goals twice in in a matter of weeks is always going to put a smile on my face. Let's be honest. And <laughs> let's 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 just do a, a little thing. Man says here, let's analyze each of these goals for, for what they were. That first one where. I think it's uh, Hooky just pops it off the off the wall, and and Soy steps into the into the slot and gets that lovely shot away. And we talked about it on the podcast last week. Maybe he just needs a little bit of confidence. He just goes low glove, bang back on that, and all of a sudden, and that that gave me one of the best pictures I've seen in the Belfast Giants. Jordan Boucher loved that. That was absolutely incredible. Then we go on to the second goal. Um, I know the the first one's replaying here. The second goal was all Kevin Rain. He comes out from his own D zone goes the whole way up the left wing, do what we do well against the Nottingham Panthers, gets it in behind them and goes to work. This is what we've found a way of playing against the Nottingham Panthers, which is just to go to work on them. Rayner goes in, wins his own forecheck and does what we haven't been doing, goes to the front of the net and you go to the front of the net, 
what happens? Sometimes you get a little bit of puck luck, and all it's two 0 says take it away, take three and four. Um, the third goal was uh, Lewis Hooks, wasn't it? Here it comes. Yeah, third the third goal. Third goal. But the, this, the, the big part That's about crazy. this, we were 2 0 up, less than a minute into the second period, and it's Tyler Soy, all Tyler Soy, round behind. He pokes the, he pokes the puck away from the defenseman who has just flattened his feet, round behind the net. No look pass out front for, for Lewis Hook to, to slot home his first and his eighth goal of the season. The kid, Soy, had a really, really good start on Saturday night. I mean, they get one back with a mistake by uh, Besco. Doesn't happen very often with a stick. Um, and then they go to work on the power play again. Great movement around the outside, top of the triangle, getting a one-time pass across for a sorry, a pass across for a one-timer from from uh, Scott Conway for his first lead. And again, just watch. Look at the chef. Or sorry, look at the Nottingham Panthers players coming off the ice there, heads down, don't know what to be at, no interest in being there. We absolutely dominated them. Take away number five, did we? Look, this is a little bit like the, the performance in Nottingham a few weeks ago. We have two goals there where Soy's gone behind the net and played that quick pass back short side and, and Hookies came in and, and had the one-timer. But it's all coming from that suffocating forecheck. And then, of course, this one, JJ Pekinich has driven and taken the defence away. Scott Conway still has a lot, a lot of work to do there. But the confidence of the guy and, and Curlin, unfortunately, for him, just can't... The Keith Houchin diving header in the back of the net there. One for the kids to look up on... Uh, Wikipedia there, 1987 FA Cup final. Um, but, uh, you know. against Spurs. What's up? It was against Spurs, shut up. Yep. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> That's right, Coventry. That was a John Stillett, wasn't it, the wee man from yep. Coventry? No longer with us, sadly. And, and you know, and then, of course, we'll come to the last goal there with uh, Max Stewart becoming the second youngest uh, giant to score a point. Obviously, we're, we're right on Twitter there, of course, Blake McGackey holding the record for the, the youngest scorer. And, uh, of course, our best wishes to Blake. I'm sure he'll be listening to the podcast. So, hiya, mate. Um, a, a really, really, really good performance. Like you, you love beating the Panthers on any day of the week, but to beat them by five twice in, in a number of weeks, as we've said. And what we've been doing well over the last number of weeks when we're winning games, and we're short on bodies, are you? To said about the Simon New Water, we're four or five down. We're having to, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way, we're having to put Carter Hamill, Max Stewart, Adam Robinson into the lineup, and they did well. But the preference would be to be playing the, the Darcy Murphys, the Cam Knights, the, the other guys that are right injured. So all they can do is take the opportunities as they come along, learn from it, grow from it, and be ready to go when they're called upon. I think uh, Kiefer referenced Carter Hamill in his post-match interview. He says, doesn't matter, half 10, 11 o'clock at night, I need you at practice, wee man's dying. Um being a good, being as good a pro, learning from the pros, being as good as he can, and just hoping for that opportunity and like dream come true. Have to mention his mom at this stage, somebody who has probably missed a handful of Giants games in her whole life. Yep, unsung hero sitting in that cold box every week and week in week out doing the scorekeeping for the for the Giants and absolutely. It's not his mom, it's his auntie. That's Judy. Auntie, auntie, auntie. Sorry, sorry, didn't know that, mate. Sorry, apologies, Judy. It's, it's used to her officer, mum. <laughs> <laughs> auntie, I just always, I just always thought it was the, their kids. Sorry, um, Auntie Julianne, but big, you know, props. She'll be very, very excited to to be seeing his name on the team sheet in front of her. But what a weekend for Soise. What a weekend for JJ. What a weekend for Conway. The boys put a big shift in. Griffin Reinhardt again. I think it was twenty nine plus minutes against the Panthers on, on Sunday afternoon. And uh, that, that 5-1-3 goal, I really like this because it's the it's the quick one-two pass that splits the day, makes the, the, the three triangle that they've got in there just open up. Conway's tapping the stick, give me it one-timer, back on that. Curling, we'll maybe come on now to the um, 
I support a, a big incident in the game if you want to. It wasn't a turning point. Carr had played exceptionally before, well. Before you get before you get to that, David, okay. you just mentioned it. Carr was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. 35, 36 minutes that he played. We I mean, I know it was wasn't it um it was three or four one before he lost left the game. Was I think it, it was three? Three, three yeah. Three one when he left the game. Or maybe four actually, Sam. I don't think a... Tim Wallace would have a problem if we had a scored seven goals at that stage. He was he was Absolutely, probably yeah, one of the best displays well. I've seen. He, his movement was very good. He was seeing the puck really, really well. But I mean, we just we just dominated, absolutely dominated I, from start to finish. There's um, a there's a level there. Says just to bring it in is the fact that one of the things I took away from, other than that we were playing, we had an absolute stunning game on the ice. The Panthers are soft. They're soft dude, down the middle. We, they, we 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 cut them open time and time and time again. It was the speed. Yeah, I mean it, it starts from the first goal. I mean, David, just like David just like the on, game in Nottingham. Yeah, David touched on the first uh, the, the the play by hooky along the wall. But Bush, I mean, Bush picks the puck up. I think it's he's right at our bench when he picks the puck up. Comes straight across the blue line. They're chasing shadows, and it's all about Bush's speed because when he comes into the zone, he goes wide. Their defenseman follows him out to open the space for Soy to go into. Soy takes the ice and scores the goal. And and again with hooky just keeping his head up after that pass from Bush, little touch. Head up, throws it into the into the uh, the top of the circle, and and Soisy steps in. Our speed absolutely killed him, and they could not contain it. The same we went the first game on 29th of October, I think it was. We absolutely dominated them. You can't beat them enough. If we had scored eleven, I'd have been over the moon. Um, but you know, it's one of the things we we all love to see the Panthers getting beat every single game, whether it's against us or not. And again, when they, when they play against us in a couple of weeks' time, I hope we beat them another five goals, if not more. I think so, long may continue. I think the proof of that says is if anybody wants to go and look at the two highlights from the Fife game and from the Nottingham game, and the goal, the, the opening goals for the Belfast Giants in both cases, the opening goal for the Belfast Giants, Simon Kitchen goes, and it's the opening goal for the Belfast Giants, the opening goal against the Nottingham Panthers, and it's a goal. Absolutely hyped up to it, but Dave, you mentioned it there. Not, not not necessarily a turning point because we were already quite dominant in the game, and Carr was keeping them in. But a key point and something that you know you could see on the bench that um, Tim Moss was not happy with it was the incident that took Carr out of the game. Now, to me, it's an open and shut case. It, would this not be a good time to bring our guest in? <laughs> you can bring him in. I've got a little bit of video analysis here, Sam. So by all means, he can come in and throw his tuppence worth on it. Well, yeah. Do you want to do that? Should we bring him in? Absolutely. I don't know who it is. Well, well, well first of all, let's bring in Mr. Joel Neal. Hello, Joel. Hello, friends. Ah. I've just been, this is not been this watching, is, watching this is, the yeah, Not this. Not that guest. <laughs> not that guest. Right. Okay. Well, if, he's re- if, he's re- if, the, if the main guest is ready to go, he's having a bit of a drink. So I'll let him finish his drink. And then we'll uh, bring him in. Please welcome as part of the fan agenda. And... To give us a bit of his chat on the game is uh, is Jordan Boucher. How are you doing, mate? What's up, guys? I'm doing good. Turn your camera around. This way. <laughs> Turn your camera around. I'll do it. There we go. Perfect. That's a bit better. Yeah, yeah. Let's start quickly. Well, Davey, do you want to start it with here from here with regards to what you wanted to say? Okay. Well, you've got the video. You run VT, Paddy, but you were talking about Tim Wallace being unhappy with this incident where, where Carr gets hurt. And like, if you can put the video on there, like, there's absolutely yeah, no question that Jordan Boucher has got any culpability in this. The, the, the cross-check from the D-man takes men. I don't know if you've got the video or not. The uh, skates are clearly pointing across the blue paint. He's going away or across the blue paint at least. 
he gets cross-checked into him. So the, the play develops and it ends up Max Stewart and stuff get involved and, and would turn the puck over. Bush comes around with speed around the outside, going for a goal. And you'll see where I pause it here in a wee second. If we just let it run a wee second there, Paddy. Well, a bit yeah, of silence for people I, not watching on YouTube. I, as a D-man would, without knowing really what's going on there, likes to get involved in a little bit of a scrum. But the 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 ref already has the hand up. He's calling the penalty. And I think at that stage, Simon's going mental on. But, but here, Bush, if you look at his skates, and I think I throw a wee arrow in here as well. It's already skating. You've, you've got oh, Look at that. Look at that. That's like this is, this is like uh, NHL on the fly. He's skating away from that. It's Broussard, or is you call it Broussard? Says Broussard, yeah. Yeah. You know, cross checks him. Cross checks him. And look, nobody likes to see anyone getting hurt. And so, unfortunately, the car went out of the game. We were still winning the game at this, you know, we were going on to win it easy enough, although we had had a good game. But Tim Wallace can be as grumpy as he wants about it. There's no fault on, on Jordan Boucher whatsoever in that instance. Do you agree with that, I Jordan Boucher? Yeah, I mean, obviously, my goal wasn't to hurt him. I was trying to cut to the middle, and I think after talking with Hoagie, Hoagie, well, he kind of came to me and he said that he saw me kind of try to dodge car and kind of like just skate in front of him, and then I got pushed in by Broussard, and also car was a little bit outside of his crease, so there was like no way for me to dodge him, and unfortunately, I hit him, but um, yeah, I mean... Uh, I, I try to get out of the way, but uh, it happens. I don't know. Yeah, and it's a, an unfortunate incident, and um, you know, I, I thought to Kevin Carr. Hopefully, he's back in the game pretty soon. It was uh, yeah. what just gives your take on the game as a whole that Nottingham game because you probably heard the guys talking here and saying, you know, we were killing them with the speed. Um, more or less true. Yeah, I mean, I think this year overall, um, our best games have been the one that uh, we've used our speed the most. Um, I think it's a, it's a big strength of ours. And um, against Nottingham, we we had a short bench and uh, we we try to play it safe and just, um, I don't know, just keep, keep on our feet moving and we got rewarded that way. But yeah, I think, I think from playing other teams and talking to other opponents, Every time they're they're kind of saying every time that uh, we're the fastest team out there and they're the one that having the hardest time handling our speed. So it's kind of good hearing from them that uh, we have really good speed. Yeah, well, we'll leave the game. We'll leave that game there because uh, we've got a few other things to touch. You can get the highlights from Belfast Giants TV of all nine goals, seven of which to the Belfast Giants. A four-point weekend for your Belfast Giants put them up, I believe, in the second place as I. Try to pull up the standings on the screen in front of me. Pull up in the second place behind the Sheffield Steelers, who will face this weekend. We'll go straight in then oh, with Joel Jonas. Hold on. Davey touched on it there before the boys come on and about the the increase in volume in the arena when the kids got on the ice. Oh, absolutely. Um, yes. And when at the, at that at the time when Scott Gordon scored the goal. Okay. And the, the last it's hat trick goal and the puck broke free. Um, I was watching the play. I don't know who poked it across. It's one of them ones where the referee could actually just say, "Well, look, it's unassisted." The last man to touch it was a, there was a, a Nottingham Panther defenseman. It came across. Um, Collins was in the right place at the right time. But when it was announced that Max Stewart got his assist and Joel was in the arena, and obviously Bush was there as well on the ice, the arena just lifted. It was probably one of the loudest yeah. cheers that we'd had. In, in the arena all weekend and everybody was cheering for every Belfast Giants goal, believe you me. 
But for me, Mac, to get his assist on that on the evening itself, and then at the end of it, the end of the game, Stewie Senior was walking about like a Cheshire cat. He was coming in to get food after the game, and I says, "All right, Stewie." And Stewie doesn't say much. You know, he sort of just nods his head and walks past. Hey, Kitcher, yeah, great, yeah, good. I'm going. You all right? <laughs> Normally, doesn't say anything. He just comes in, gets food, and goes back to the, the coach's room. But he was—he looks super, super proud, and, and rightly so. I believe then the Max Stewart becomes the first, or sorry, Rob and Mac became the first father-son duo to score a point for the Belfast Giants. David, Dave Whistle ever suited up in year one? No, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Wes has got. I can't think either. of any other opportunity where that would even have happened. So no, the I only guess. the only sort of comparable, I guess, that was the Belfast Giants won their second ever game and one thousand games apart, or thousand and second game. Jackson With Whistle Jackson won Whistle. his first game, so it was like a, a like perfect storm there, thousand games apart. But that's the only father son combos there's been. With Jordan, George, Jordan, Jordan, sorry, Paddy for yeah. taking over. Um, Jordan, what was it like for in the room after the game? Obviously, a big win against the Nottingham Panthers, but we Mac uh, getting his first uh, goal and, and somebody presented the puck to him. Oh, yeah, I think uh, Longer gave it to him. Longer gave him the puck. Um, everybody was really happy for him. And I don't know, the atmosphere in the room was was electric. <clears throat> I mean, not just for the Nottingham game, but the whole overall weekend, I think. Uh, just like I said, we're having a short bench. They required a big effort from all of us there. So um, everybody was really happy. It was awesome. How important is it for the? How important is it for like we we spoke last week as well? This this later dog it about a simpler, sorry, similar thing. You know your take of it having these young lads in the room. You know, and Carter and Mac and Cal. You know, and 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 you know they're learning and getting these opportunities. Well, you guys are. You know, you, you guys are the seasoned pros. You know, how good is it having these young lads in the room, being able to take that ice time and develop in front of you? Uh, it's great. I mean, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure they're enjoying their time with us as well. We try to make them as comfortable as uh, as they can be around the rink. Um, obviously, I think it's our sort of our our duty as the pro guys to teach them the right way to play the game, and hopefully, um, they can learn from us and just kind of get a career going as well. You know, that's uh, we would be happy for them um, if it happened as well. So I think uh, everybody's kind of looking out for them. Absolutely. Well, like I say, we'll move on from that. The game, the highlights uh, are available on face. Oh, sorry, on YouTube <coughs> from Belfast Giants TV. A seven-two win for your Belfast Giants. Like I say, puts them in second place behind the Sheffield Steelers, who they are. Excuse me, they are six points behind uh, with a game in hand, and they'll play the Sheffield Steelers obviously Friday and Saturday of this week coming. And we'll move swiftly on to what we call the fan agenda. We already have our guest, Jordan Boucher, right here. Uh, Davey, you have a little bit of an introduction for him. I do, Paddy. You know... (laughs) (laughs) Jordan spoke there about, you know, the importance of a a professional teaching the young lads. And sometimes straight on the show, we don't don't always bring the fans along with us. Oh, Paddy's going to, like, really try and say... I want to take you back, Jordan, to... uh, just an eight-year-old boy in Montreal, Quebec, 2002. It was the 26th of October. You were probably preparing for Halloween with your parents. and But over in Belfast, we were also lining up against the Nottingham Panthers. At the end of the game, a bit of a scrum arose, and our enforcer at the time, Patrick Schulte, got involved in a nice one-on-one battle with Christian Tobert. 
the video footage come up here now. Those dirty panthers wanted to get a bit more involved, and Barry Nightcar stripped off his kit and came in and sucker punched Paxton Schulte in the back of the head and caused him some irreversible physical and emotional damage. And from that moment on, our hatred of everything yellow began. We never forgive, we will never forget. And that is why two points against the Nottingham Panthers is much more important than two points against any other team. And why whenever we beat them by five goals twice this season, we have to say to you, thank you very much and we owe you all the beers. No problem. (laughs) You like that, Joel? That was so beautiful that Paddy's gone. There he is. Don't know what happened there. I'm I'm ready to run through a wall here. That was beautiful. So if every time we play the Nottingham Panthers, you can do something similar, you'll make an old man very happy. (laughs) I had no idea. This is the first time I've heard this story. Hate them. I dread to think what was said after I dropped out there, boys. You can watch get it back it, tomorrow you, morning. You can watch it back tomorrow at AM, Paddy. <laughs> I will indeed, J- Jordan. You know, obviously, you can see the passion that Davy has for that for that victory. You know, what has been your impression of you know Belfast of the team of since you've come in here the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. a couple of months? Sorry. Um, my, I mean, my time here has been has been great so far. I think um, hockey wise, we have a great team. Like I said, um, the chemistry is great. Um, every every feels like every guy is buying in their system and you can see the results right now. Just kind of like getting some wins out of there. And Belfast as a city has been, uh, it's been great. I mean, people are friendly. Um, the beer is good. Uh, food, <laughs> the food, the sure restaurants is. are great, but it's, uh, it's hard to get places at restaurants. I feel like it's always sold out. Like I'm trying to, without a reservation, I, I barely get any seat at the, in the restaurant but uh no other than that um Belfast has been great and i'm um, just really enjoying my time here if, if says can't get you a table at any restaurant you want there's something wrong here that big man has connections that go deep in this city so if anybody can fix it big says can anyway i'll go on to um and something that you said there jordan about you know enjoying enjoying yourself it is so obvious and, and we spoke earlier before you came on. That first goal that Soisey, Hooky drops it into him. He, he steps into the circles and, and puts that bottom corner. And, you know, it's been, it's been tricky at times for Tyler, but we've seen, we talked about him on the show last week, saying maybe a goal for a bit of confidence. The smile on the guy's face is to see a teammate who's maybe been a bit under the pump coming up with one. It's, it's the, the, the picture of the weekend. Yeah, it's great. I mean, we, everybody was really happy for Soisey. Um, I feel like Nottingham's been his team this year, though. When we played in Nottingham, um, he also had two assists, maybe, or he also scored. Yeah. I don't know. He, he was on the score sheet. And then uh, this weekend, unbelievable game against on, on Sunday. Um, that was just a great goal. It just feels good to, I think, get the monkey off his back. Um, and uh, hopefully he'll, build, he'll keep building up from it. So it was, it was, we were all really happy for him. Jordan, uh, cool. I just want to take it back to... I want to ask you about your your own game. Who did you look up to when you were a kid? What, what sort of player was uh, was your idol? Who, I mean, obviously, growing up in Montreal, Quebec area, were you a Canadians fan? And um, was there players there, or was there somebody out throughout the NHL that you sort of looked up to and went, "I want to model my game on him"? 
Um, well, my team growing up was uh, the Avalanche because um, they were Quebec before, and my dad was a big yeah. Quebec fan. So they moved to uh, Colorado, and then uh, he kind of just got me to watch their game. And I was a big Joe Sackick fan. I love the way Peter Fosberg played, a lot of grit. Um, that whole team is unbelievable. Rob Blake, he juked. It was just really, uh, it's a really good team, and that's kind of the players I looked up to growing up. Um, yeah, I would say Joe Sackick and Peter Fosberg. And then whenever I played in Sweden two years ago, I, I got a lot of insight on Peter Fosberg, how, how he was as a player before going into the NHL, and it was, uh, it was really cool for me to learn. So, um, yeah, I would, say, I would say Joe Sackick or Peter Fosberg probably. Jordan, if you don't mind, I'd like to dip kind of into your own career. Um, I, it's one of my favorite things to do, I guess, whenever we have new players join us, just to see hockey such a small world. And, and normally at some point, you've crossed paths with someone that we know or love from Belfast. Um, you spent 2017-18 with the Laval Rocket in the AHL. Um, and if I'm right, you were teammates with one Kyle Bond that season. Would yeah, that be right? Yeah. Yeah, Bonner. Uh, so uh, from from what I hear, Bonner kind of talked to you about that Belfast experience. Was was that any uh, sort of the the early uh, the early sort of seeds of, of you coming here? Um, the the conversations that happened with Adam Keefe and um, what did Kyle Bond tell you about his time here and how was that season playing alongside him uh, with Laval? So um, yeah, Kyle Bond was a really really big factor into why I came here. Um, he he's the one that kind of like sold me on it at the end of my. Towards the end of my decision, he's really, he he really he really spoke highly of Belfast as a city and uh, the organization. And whenever he came here, he told me that we kind of felt the same way. Like he said, uh, he was towards the end of this career, and he was kind of a, he was kind of sick of the grind, just the traveling and the overall hockey grind. And he said that Belfast gave him kind of the joy back of playing hockey. And for me, whenever he said that, I was kind of feeling the exact same way. And I was like, oh. That 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 when he told me that it really sold me on the fact of coming here and I was like, oh, there's there, there's something special about this place. And well, me and Bob were pretty close friends in Laval. Uh, we hung out a lot, and well, I I just trust his word, right? And whenever he told me that, I was uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, I knew he was a good guy. And he he also he also um, sold me on the school. He said that they had a good school program, which kind of re- I related to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. Bono definitely sold me on that on the, as Belfast as a whole. And whenever he said that, um, I I decided to sign with uh, with the Giants. He was someone who wasn't here for very long, but he he, he really captured the imaginations and the similarities between him and yourself. I hope that we have you for much longer than we had Kyle Bond. But I guess my follow up question to that would be: now that you're bedded in and you're settled, you know, you see you in your in your apartment there. Uh, has it sort of lived up to what Bonner told you? Uh, is it what you expected coming here? Uh, the the city, the fan base, the the culture of the club, the energy of the club. Uh, d- does it translate from what you were told? Yeah. Um, so far, yes. And I'm I, I'm guessing it's only going to build up from here as well. Um, the hockey has been great. You know, I've been having a lot of fun this season, and it's kind of has been. Oh, we have we've had oh, a drop out, unfortunately. When just as we we're about to go to the Twitter, quite interesting. Uh, just on that point, he said about Kyle Bond, David. It, it it's so key that some of these players become our greatest recruiters. And we talked about Darcy Murphy previously, and there we have Kyle Bond as one of the recruiters for uh, for Jordan Boucher. I would say these guys all all reference each other. Whatever it is, six degrees of separation, as Joel says. You know, everyone knows someone that has probably at least known someone that has played for the organization over the years. 
Simon quite closely involved over the last lot of years, even before he started with the organization with the OSC and all the little tiny things that probably get done for players here that don't get done in other cities. And you only have to look at the amount of players over the course of the last 21 years that have came and either stayed multiple years or made Belfast their home, got their hooks into by a woman and, and all of a sudden they're here forever. <laughs> you know, that are, right, right, you know, married off children and all of a sudden, well, this is Belfast, your home now, you know, so that's our greatest recruitment tool, you know, you're saying our greatest re- recruitment tool is, is former players, our greatest re- recruitment tool is the, is the beautiful women of Belfast, obviously, but, um, you know, and, and I know we say that with a bit of a laugh, but, but it's serious. Um, it's great that those guys like Bonner came here, enjoyed their season so much that they're willing to go and say to someone else, this is a place to play hockey. I wasn't enjoying my hockey. I wasn't enjoying the grind. But now I've came to Belfast and I've got a love back for the game and, and you'll enjoy being there. And uh, as I said to Jordan earlier, he is playing the game with the biggest smile on his face. You trying to tell me he's not enjoying it out there. And, you know, we yeah. spoke to dogs last about, I guess, with being so many bodies down, the guys are having to play so many minutes. And sometimes that's a bad thing because it's obviously tiring, but sometimes it's just, you know, just want to be out there. It's like Simon will say, you don't want to train, you just want to play games. And I guess on a game night, you just want to be on the ice as much as you can. And, you know, the D-men are playing 30 minutes each, more or less. They're on every other shift. But the forwards are playing, some of the forwards, 25, 26 minutes. Like the top six are all 20, 22 minutes plus, you know, so they're on the ice Every second, shift, every third shift, so they're they're getting a lot of looks at the puck, and that's why they're scoring all the points. And the likes of JJ, once he gets hot, and Conway just goes and stands in the right place. That that's that's where his genius lies. He knows how to get. He lets Hookie. He spoke about it himself. He lets Hookie do those 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 dirty work, get in front of the net, same with big coops. Adam referenced him about him being just solid. He can put him out with anyone, and he will do a job. Wants to keep Conway, Hookie, and uh, JJ together. It's just been really really fun to watch over the last couple of weeks. Just a follow up on that. Sorry, Paddy. One of the one of the reasons I love asking those questions about crossovers is that you see that you, you nearly get that validation. Like Kyle Bond, when he was here, was beloved. He was only here for a very short time, but he's someone who the way he played the game and his personality just captured the Giants fan base. And it's so lovely to hear that he's moved on with his career, but he's still telling those stories. And you sometimes sit there and wonder if they feel it too. You know, guys that are coming from the other side of the world to play hockey, they've been through a lot of teams in their career. You wonder if they feel that energy and if they actually properly resonate with it. And you can tell when somebody's, you know, a thousand miles away sitting in an AHL locker room telling a teammate about, oh man, Belfast is fantastic. There's no onus on him to do that. He's doing that off his own bat. And it just reinforces to me that the that the culture of the club, the way the players are treated and whatever else, um, that, that it actually rings true and that it gets through to them as much as as much as it means to us. Well, we have him back. He's, uh, I believe his phone died. Yeah, but he's so- back with us. Jordan, how's it going? Absolute rookie move. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, That's okay. Yeah. Sorry. But what we'll do is we're going, I was just about to go on to a couple of questions from we put it out to Twitter as we normally do. Jordan, we got a couple of questions from the fans, and I'll, I'll throw a couple at you now. Uh, Tail Trooper, do you feel any difference in the game compared to your time in Germany and Sweden? Um, I think a little bit, um, especially with if you compare it to Sweden. I think Sweden was, uh, was a very, very fast league. I think it's probably the fastest league in the whole world, honestly. It's uh, it's a different type of hockey over there. They they don't hit as much, and it's 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 uh, it's a lot more controlled. There's not much there's there's not much dumping the puck in. It's more about uh, the controlling controlling the play. I would say that that was the biggest difference. But with 
with Germany, it, it kind of plays the same way, right? I think this league in Germany can relate a lot more to American style hockey, which it's more it's more gritty. You know, there's a lot more. Um, it, it's it's just a similar style of play. You know, it's hard and. There's guys are finishing their checks, and um, I would say those are the like biggest comparison and similarities. Uh, one from Alan Price. The number 28 hasn't been picked many times in Jan's history, probably best known is Jason Bowen. But you've pulled it on for Clarkson, Wolfsburg, and now Belfast. Why number 28? Um, it's just, it, honestly, it was just a random pick. Um, well, <laughs> num- number two is my favorite number just overall. And, um, I'm really, I, I'm an even kind of guy. Like, I got, I really like even numbers and Love 28 kind of like 28 just came on my plate at Clarkson before that. I think, uh, yeah. And then whenever, whenever I got to Laval, I had, they, they gave me 39 and I, I kept it in Oribro because I don't know, it was my first pro number and I just figured why not. But then whenever I had the chance to switch, switch back in Germany, I took 28 again, but there's no, uh, there's no special meaning behind it. I like that. There doesn't always have to be a reason, does no, it? No, I love it too. Super there's not, so I don't know. I can't make anything up. We, we get those. And we, get, we also get the ones that, you know, why, why are you this number? It's because it was the first number the coach handed me when I was like 15. There you go. That's your number now. That's just it. Fair enough. Um, last one for Twitter, Alan Brett. Uh, he said, well, something we just spoke about. Noticed you seem to enjoy going to the net. Is this an element of your game that was successful pre-Giants in the NCAA or in Europe? Yeah, um, I think yeah, I think it's part of my game. Definitely taking uh, it's just uh, using my speed and kind of creating plays. Um, it's not it's uh, it's not always going to be the pretty play, um, and especially in the last couple of years, my pro years, I've been more of a uh, more of a role guy. And taking pucks in the net was part of my play, playing physical, getting those dirty areas, and uh, I feel like this season I've been I've been trying to do that. And me and Kiefer has been kind of reminding me to do it because he's saying that uh, kind of D's in this league might be a little slower than, I, than I'm used to and um, I'll be able to go around them easier. So, um, yeah, for me, for me, for me, it's just been taking pucks in the net, getting those dirty areas and try, trying to create offense from that. Jordan, we spoke to Slater last last Tuesday night, I guess, and, and unfortunately he, he took a bit of a knock last Wednesday. Um about the adversity versus opportunity, I guess, of being short bodies where, okay, we're down bodies, but, you know, guys are having to step up. The likes of the D are playing 30 minutes each. The, a lot of the forwards are playing 24, 25, 26 minutes. And, you know, would you rather have, obviously we would rather have the three plus three and three and a half lines, whatever, but just having that opportunity, do you just want to be out on the ice all the time? Even though we're five bodies down, you're, you're playing two line hockey more or less? I mean... Oh, I think I think of course you want the whole team. I think it's I think if we want if we're gonna win a championship at the end of the season, we're gonna have to have full bodies on the bench. Um, of course, maybe one or two games with short bench. It's nice to get more ice time, but uh, realistically, if we're gonna win games at the end of the at the end of the season, we need full body. And I guess it was kind of nice this weekend to win with short bench, and everybody was happy because I think those wins are going to pay off later on in the season when we're going to have a full bench, and we're going to look back and be like, "Well, we got the job done with a short bench," and that was that was really important for us. So uh, it's it's kind of goes both ways. I think yes, it was fun to play short bench, but I think everybody knows that to win a championship, you need everybody um, on the team um, out there. So I mean, I'm hoping that everybody comes back as quick as they can. 
And I guess that one of the standard questions that we, we ask guys that come in here about the difference in, in our league championship being a little more important, you know, and, and two points in October, September, October, November being as important. And of course, points against the Panthers being even more important. But, you know, is, is that a little <laughs> bit different for you that, you know, that experience of you have to win in September just as much as you have to win in March? Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. And I, I even think maybe the games right now are more important than they'll be in March. Just not, they'll be as important. But, you know, whenever you get into the dog days in the second half of the season, sometimes it gets, um, it gets long and the grind becomes real, you know, just right before the playoffs. And I think those points early on in the season can make a really big difference if, um, if you start not, uh, if you can't keep the, the ball rolling as much during the second half of the season. So I think getting those wins right now will allow us to um, position ourselves well for the second half. And then we will be able to um, just keep on building. And because we're in that good position, uh, get rewarded from it kind of thing. Bush, I want to talk about your skating ability. Um, I, I, I haven't done it for quite a while, but I used to coach the kids in Dundonald. Uh, and one of the things that I kept on telling the parents was, you know, you need to learn how to skate before you play hockey. A lot of people in, in Northern Ireland especially think, oh, I'm going to go to Belfast Jams game. And then they come away from a game of, of watching at the SSA Arena and go, I want to play ice hockey. So they're going by six, seven, eight hundred pounds worth of gear and they get on the ice and start playing hockey. But and at that point, I was always telling them, look, you need to learn how to skate. Go and take skating lessons. Go and learn how you use your edges properly, first of all, before you actually start playing hockey. How important, I mean, you can see from your skating ability that your 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 explosiveness is one of your main assets, um, in my opinion, anyway. But how, how important was learning the, the development of learning how to skate as a young kid in Canada to get that development going forward up into the pro game? I mean, especially nowadays, I think it's even more important, you know. The, the game of hockey is is getting so so fast and it's it's like you said i think it's the number one asset to have these days um in order to make it right um there's not one guy either you're playing on the fourth line or the first line in the nhl that can't really skate anymore these guys are all excellent skaters and yeah for me as a kid i i i did a lot of power skating that was uh that was the main thing for me i i did some hockey camp um skill camps but it was it was always the skating camps before touching the pucks, and uh, l- luckily I know it's my dad. He didn't really really play hockey, but I guess for him he he figured out that skating would become really important, or, or he kind of saw how hockey was um, moving on to this kind of or transitioning to this speed game, right? And so he really really pushed me towards power skating instead of skills. Um, not saying that it's not important; it's as important. You should do both, but. I really think that being a good skater nowadays will will allow you to have a lot of success. And I just want to ask you, obviously, uh, you know, we we know you went to Clarkson's four years in Clarkson, but the last year in Clarkson, it would have been announced that Clarkson were coming to Belfast for the Friendship Four in two thousand November two thousand seventeen. I'm assuming you were at the school when that was announced, and obviously you were in your last year and you were making the step up the pro. Um, is it one of those things where you thought that you really would have made the like to make the the trip to Belfast at that point? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I was I was totally bummed to miss that uh, 
to miss that opportunity. I I knew most of the guys that came here, and they all told me they really had a good time. Um, they they got to experience Belfast as well. Um, it was uh, it was uh, it was it was kind of it was uh, yeah it, it was kind of upsetting because we were just Clarkson was uh, we were on a good trend, you know. We we had a few few difficult years before I got there, and we were just on the rise. And program was gaining a lot of popularity, and we just knowing that we were be, be able to go to Belfast was was great. But yeah, I missed it by a year, so. But I'm happy that my team, my my ex teammates got the opportunity to come. So it was yeah, and and the the big the one big thing I remember about Clarkson when they were here, they brought their brass band. Yeah, they it did. Was, that did it was band. insane, absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I think we had one of the best bands in college. Honestly, they they followed us everywhere we went. Uh, it was unbelievable, especially playing at home with them. It was it was crazy. It was a it was uh, definitely years I'll never forget. Never forget. We, we we do have bands in Belfast, but it's of a different sort of um, <laughs> we're, we're not allowed to bring it and get it involved, you know. Shut up, David, stay away from <laughs> that uh, that Clarkson band uh, took over uh, what is known in, in, in the arenas as Boomerang Corner where, where all the righties are. And uh have we lost Bush? Is he still there? I think we may have lost Bush again. No, he's, oh, still, he's there. still there, he's still there. That's all right. Yeah, it's uh, that 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 Clarkson band just just gelled with the arena that weekend and there was a really really uh hazy night uh that that evening in rocky so they were they were fantastic uh but just as a personal request uh you know says is talking about your skating there um i've i've noticed uh one particular move that you're you're trying I, I think that you're trying to make it pay off at the minute anyway where you're you're entering the zone on the wing on on the forehand cutting across the slot and trying to finish backhand i see you do it maybe like couple times a game uh i'm so so invested in that paying off so whenever it actually does you wouldn't mind just pointing up the media because i'm going to be going absolutely nuts just if that's 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 all i need if you would do that for me i'll do that for sure i've uh <laughs> been, been... <laughs> it's definitely coming yeah i've been i I've, I've tried that move a few times this season it hasn't paid off but uh i'm gonna stick to it because i know it's coming so uh but next time i make when it goes in i'll point at you for sure <laughs> I really appreciate that. And Patty, if no you don't mind, just uh, we're obviously heading into the Christmas period. Uh, you're you're obviously a long way from home, and you're, and you're here with the boys. Uh, what are, what are the plans for Christmas? Obviously, COVID's being messy and whatever else. Are, are you getting some family visits, or are you going to spend Christmas Day together? Yeah, I mean, my whole family's coming down. Luckily, awesome. Uh, my my mom and dad are getting here tomorrow, actually. So that'll be pretty exciting. And then my my brother and sister are getting here on Sunday, and the whole squad is staying for. I think it's three weeks. So um, that's be, awesome. Yeah, it'll be Christmas and then New Year's, and um, we've booked a few things for New Year's and Christmas as well. I'm really excited to spend the New Year's in Belfast. I'm, I'm thinking it's gonna be pretty wild, so I'm pretty excited. <laughs> that's awesome. Sorry, Paddy. No, that's fantastic. But this is obviously you've got these two games on Friday and Saturday against the Sheffield Steelers. The last time round over in Sheffield, it didn't go the way anywhere near the way we wanted it to go. Um, you owe them one. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think everybody's excited for that matchup, you know, first and second seeded going against each other at the, at the SSC. It's something that, uh, we're still bitter about that loss in Sheffield. I think, uh, obviously they, they scored, I think four goals within the first 10 minutes. It was, um, just a bad, just a, <clears throat> one of those bad games. But, uh, you know, I think, I think this season has been great so far, but we have not made that statement that. We that 
in order to become the best team, we need to beat the best teams, right? And we haven't made that statement. And I think this weekend could be is a really good opportunity for us to just make that statement and, and make it clear that, you know what, we're, we're the best team in the league, you know? And it's, it's just a primary opportunity, and I think everybody's ready for to play their A game. I think I think last you know these last few months and you know this team that we've seen and you've really become a fan favorite not just through your style of play and uh, and I'm sure that words like that will cement that even more. Listen, thank you very much for joining us, mate. I'm going to let I'm going to, oh go on says you want something? Have you uh, have you sent your your Christmas card off to Kyle Haas yet? <laughs> we managed this questions. whole interview. We managed this whole interview. There were a few questions. <laughs> This guy's not getting a Christmas card. <laughs> no, I mean, you look, that, I mean, that hit is over with. He's obviously, he's not the smartest player out there. I think he's got, what, 160 pims in 16 games, 17 games. It's just, I don't know. It's a bit ridiculous, but it is what it is. And he got his three games. And uh, I'm just, we're just looking to make him pay next game. That's all it is. Yeah, there were, quite, there were I, quite a few questions from people on Twitter asking in regards to Kyle Haas and this stuff. And one question asking if you've been to the Boucher Road yet, you know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but on that, listen, mate, thank you very much for your time. Actually, I'm just going to cue Davian, who's going to wish you well. Yeah, merci beaucoup, monsieur, et bonsoir. Hey, merci les boys. <laughs> nice, Davian. Nice. Thanks, man. Thanks, Bush. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely brilliant from, from Jordan Boucher. Thank you very much, Sam. What a guy, for, uh, for boy. Time. And thanks to everybody that was for sharing your, your, uh, your, your, your messages on Twitter. Such a good lad. Really, yeah, yeah, really good. good really good. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Tim. The, um, right, we're going to move it on. We're going to have a quick look at the player. The month result, we had four uh, four nominees Mark Garside, Lewis Hook, Ben Lake, and Kieran Long. And the result with 57%. Went to Lewis. Um, says I'll start with you, Hookie. Look, we we even saw at the weekend exact just how how well deserved that is. Eight goals are out of this season. The kid's on fire. Um, and the, the big thing about it is he's played with everybody. That, that doesn't sound right, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> you know he's basically been up and down the lineup. He's been. Uh, we, we talk about the passport thing. Is it you know has he been left out because of that? I don't think that is the case anymore with Lewis Hook. Um, you know, he's been he's been really, really good. He's had he's had the opportunities on the top line. Um, he obviously played with uh, on the Dijon line with uh, Bush and, and Longer, um, and, he, and obviously with the injuries and stuff like that, he, he's obviously picked up the a couple of goals at the weekend with uh, Bush and Tyler Soy. So look, I, I just think he's been it's well worth um, the the votes that have come in for him, the fifty seven percent. Hookie for me has been has definitely been uh, top top notch so far this season, and there's there's still a long way to go. So hopefully he can get another number of goals as well. Joel, I've said it before, boys. I genuinely think you're looking at a at a future sort of British star in terms of a, of a UK hockey player. I think he's got a long long way to go in his career. He's still so young. He's going to be around for a very long time. Adam Keith talked at the weekend after Sunday's game about how, and it's something we've talked about at length on this podcast about how Hookie's returned after the shutout year um, and has added a shot to those fantastic feet that he was developed or that he had developed in his, his previous season here. It's so much fun to watch his entire game come together. And it's so much fun to to see the potential that we knew he had when he got here continue to be fulfilled. <clears throat> I think, honestly, he's he's going to end up up there with the, 
Uh, what you know, I, I used to talk about like you know Rob Dowd, uh, Craig Peacock in his prime when the Giants were winning titles in eleven, twelve. I think that's the kind of player you got on Lewis Hook, and he's still got so much longer to fulfill that. David, love to see Brits getting themselves up on the top line, getting top, getting top minutes, getting power play time, getting penalty kill time. Love to see it. And um, he had a very strong month. Sam talked about the wrong passport there at the start, and I think there's an element in that at times, right across the elite league, and not just saying Belfast. And sometimes they have to work that extra bit hard to get in because you're you've big investment in imports. You flew them here, you've you've visas, you've all that stuff in housing. You've got to invest big in them, so you have to. They're your horses. You go to them. These British guys sometimes have to really dig in. And Lewis has taken his opportunities with him. What is it, eight, nine, ten goals or something now this season? He's got eight this season. Yeah. In, yeah. in terms of uh, what he's done, you know, it's his best season in the EIHL probably. Um, he was at Milton Keynes maybe one season, had a few goals. Yeah. But, um, you know, in terms of Giants, leading amount of goals for the Giants and we're only half, not even halfway through the season. So, you know, he probably has some individual targets in the back of his head, what he'd like to reach, and he's doing really, really well. He's probably actually got in a much stronger position than he thought he would be at this stage of the season. I, Joel's just touched on it there. Love to watch him play. And we talked earlier on about what he's doing on that line. He's got a role on that line. JJ Pickenitz has a role in that line, and Scott Conway has a role in that line, and they're all dovetailing absolutely perfectly. Lewis is there to make the space, JJ's there to make the plays, Scott Conway is there to add the finishing touches, and you know that line's really, really on fire at the minute. So congratulations to him. The big prize and, and the big prize that, that awarded to him soon. A line of two Englishmen and an American leading the way, leading the way in the Belfast Giants. It's great. It is great to see. It, it is congratulations to Lewis Hook. I think it's thoroughly deserved. Not just mm-hmm. like not just for the way he's played through November, which is what the awards for, but the way he's just exploded into this season. He was brilliant in October, even, and he continues it right into December. And you saw it in the game against Nottingham at the weekend. You saw it in the game against Fife at the weekend. That line is playing really, really well. Hookie at this moment in time is a shoe in for the for the GB team. Uh, the way he's playing coming into the Worlds coming in, 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 after Easter. Go on, Davey. Ice time and confidence. That's, yeah. You know, he, he's earned his ice time. Fair enough. He's, he's absolutely earned the right to, to get those minutes. And with that comes confidence. And with that comes goals. It, it's a kind of, you know, that's not a vicious circle. What's a self-propelling circle or whatever. But, you know, Simon's going to add something to that. Yeah, he, he, for us, he's now been here three years. I'm just checking his, his stats there. He's more goals this season than what he has um, mm-hmm. the first two seasons that he was with us as well. So, look, I just think he's getting better and better. And look, and that comes with experience as well. I mean, he's <coughs> 20, is he 25 now? He yeah, he, he's 25 now, you know, so he's not a kid anymore. Yeah. yeah, you know, so he's got a lot. Uh, he, he's learning every year. He's. We'll talk about, you know, the... The development of, of British players in, in the league itself, and and I still think he's developing. I still think he's he's got a lot to learn. I still think he's got a lot that he can improve on. Um, and I, I know that he's taking that as well because at the end of the day, if you get if you keep thinking that you've just got to a level and you don't need to do anything to get any better, just you might as well just give it up. So I think we're going to see a lot more from Lewis Hook over the next few years. Hopefully, we can keep him. Um, I know he loves Belfast, and, and hopefully. You know, we can, we can, he can go on to, to be and challenge a few records down the line because I think he's a top, top lad. 
No, it's, <clears throat> he wins the November Player of the Month Award, the Newton Rich Player of the Month Award, sponsored by Phonacab, despite playing for the Nottingham Panthers in the last 12 months. Um, <clears throat> congratulations. <laughs> big congratulations to him. Thanks to everybody who voted. And uh, we'll be back at the, uh, in January with the next to see who gets December's award. Um, we spoke last week about the return of the Friendship Four, obviously taking place in November, the Thanksgiving <clears throat> weekend, November of next year uh in the period break on saturday our good friend here mr kitchen had the opportunity to chat with robert fitzpatrick about the ncaa friendship four and i uh, will bring you that interview right now Robert, uh, you, you guys work incredibly hard to get this here in the first place in 2015. You must be over the moon this back. It's transformational. It's it's like a... It hasn't been an easy time, this COVID period, for everybody. Everybody sort of had their days with them and down in the mouth. But last Friday night, watching congresswomen and governors and presidents of universities standing up in Boston to claim the experience in Belfast that their athletes have has been transformational for them. Uh, for me, I uh, was very proud and I am delighted, Simon. You're absolutely right. And, and you know, you, you, we were talking before the game started tonight that when it was announced that it's, you know, we're coming back in 2022, all the athletic directors that from all the schools that have, have been here and others who want to come, we're on the, whether they're on the phone to you or send texts or send an email, yeah. everybody wants to come to Belfast. We have, a, we have built ourselves a huge reputation, uh, not just in the uh, Hockey East and the ECSE conferences, but uh, you'll recall that the year before COVID, we had three, three schools come from the Atlantic Conference. Um, we obviously have other uh, schools that are now sort of saying, well, what's going on in Belfast? Why, why, are, why is everybody lining up for this? And it's because of uh, the effort and the belief that we have in the tournament. It's because of the, um, the hard miles that we've done in cultivating the relationships necessary to, to, to internationalise the tournament, to convince the NCAA to come to Belfast in the first place. But more importantly, I think it's because hockey's the excuse. It's not really a hockey tournament per se, yeah. Simon. You know yeah. that. I mean, from the day one, we've wanted we wanted to impact on our youngsters. We wanted the student athletes that were coming here to leave this place with a smile on their face. Some of them have never travelled before. Some yeah. of them don't have passports. Yeah. So the idea that we could be instrumental in shipping their thought process about what this place is like, or in some cases, giving them a taste of what this place is like and then re-recruiting them to come back as giants. Yeah. All of that um, has... I suppose tapped into the um, subconsciousness of hockey in Boston and hockey in the conferences, and they're going, "Well, better go and check this out." Yeah, and it's not just the, the NCAA men's side of things. We've already hosted the NCAA women's champ or a championship game as well in in uh, Quinnipiac and Northeastern. That's right. um, and there's an opportunity again moving forward. Is there an opportunity for women's hockey to come back to Belfast? Oh, we'll be back, yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, if I have my way, um, so we've announced 2022. Uh, I'm very hopeful that January 23, we'll have a women's game. 
um, we're, we're working on another bigger project for 23 and then we'll return with French of 4 and 24 now that trust me is worth waiting on I know like, I'm, I'm, we, we've chatted about this I'm busting for this to get out because again it's, it's something that as, a, as an organisation and, and I mean we're, we're in our 10th year now of organisation right. of the Belfast Giants That's we're right. growing every year That's right. um, you must be happy the way the trajectory of the Belfast Giants has gone over those years until until the city of Belfast realises that we're here to stay and that we need a rink and until there's a second rink appears in Belfast our work is still to be done yeah. the, 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 the reality of it is is that you know you can go into Boston and shake a stick at the ice rinks go into Belfast and other for other than for the vision that Dundonald have shown all of these years the, the ambition that they have going forward with us being a, a part of them but another rink isn't a threat to the institution that yeah. is Dundonald. Yeah. Another rink is an elevation for, you know, the 150,000 people a year that call ice hockey their first sport. Yeah. So for me, yes, I'm delighted. Of course I am. And I mean, we've won championships on the rink. We've had tournaments on the rink. We've had world championships. We've had, who'll ever forget the Cup, Cup, Cup final? Who'll ever forget that? Yeah. But we haven't got a rink. Yeah. And that's, let's that, get, yeah, let's get a rink. Let's get a rink. And we, we talk again, you're, you're, it's, you, you just don't stop. I mean, last week, uh, I mean, the four days that you spent in Boston, uh, you, you've already talked about it. You're still recovering from that because even today you had a nap in the afternoon, which is very unlikely. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, that, it's, it's that hard work that you put in in those four days when you're in, in Boston that is leading to 23, 2024, 2025 moving forward. It is. I mean, you know, now, that's not to say we're doing it on our own. We've got, I, I've talked many, many times about this philosophy of discipleship. Joe Britannia. Joe Britannia will become the next ambassador to the Friendship Four because Joe's hockey knowledge. Absolutely. And he's offered it to us for Belfast. In yeah. Steve Hagwell, in Steve Metcalf, in Ralph Cox, in Sarah Fraser. We've got people that might as well live here. Yeah. The affinity they have for this tournament. And every single day, they're talking to Steve, they're talking to me, they're talking to Victoria, they're talking to each other, and they're saying, how can we make this tournament better? And we're going, bring it on, guys. Absolutely. It's, 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 we've infected them with our enthusiasm. Yeah. We've infected them with our professionalism. But I think most of all, it's the unique way in which we went about essentially internationalizing college sport. Yeah. And we've done it in a way now that um, many will follow, few will beat. Yeah. I, I mean, it's one of these ones where, and I, I'm lucky enough, I get to, you know, to do what I do for the Belfast Chance. That's correct. And I'm watching you, I mean, for people that don't know this, so I, I'm watching the game down here, and literally within 10 feet of me, Roberts, either listening to what I'm saying, or he's got his own view on the games itself. Now, sometimes he gets a little bit too involved in the games, and that's where I'm coming to, because over those 10 years of, of ownership of the Belfast Giants, you can see, as a as a as a fan of hockey, at the, when it, when it started, you know you were you're obviously a Ronnie Trust, uh, but you were watching the games. But you can see that you've personally you've really bought into this sport now. And, well, I, and I'm not just talking about as your position no, of the CEO. No, it's my first sport. Yeah, I mean you know. I know. Look, you're, you're, you mean you have a history of, of sport uh, throughout. Northern my tradition, Ireland. my tradition, my tradition. Uh, you know, right up through my career was 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 Gaelic football. Yeah. Um, but hockey's my first sport now, yeah. and hockey's my first sport because 
Um, uh, every year somebody tells me another rule. <laughs> <laughs> somebody tells me another rule, and I go, and, and then I have to go away and work it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's incredible then that you get to you get to sort of you know you form your own opinions about players and you form your own opinions about the process and the match night. And there is a part of me that's never off work. I'm never off work because you're always looking for ways that you can elevate the experience. Sure. But on a night like the, tonight, where I can sit on my own and I can just take the game in, uh, it's 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 very relaxing. And it also, in, in one way, it's very relaxing. In the other way, it takes me back to that adrenaline of sport. Yeah. And you know yourself, you've played for a long, long time, Simon. You cannot beat no, can't that adrenaline it. of sport. Can't shake it. You can't shake it. I mean, I still play on a Sunday night when I get the opportunity and... And, uh, you know, well, I don't. <laughs> it's supposed to be non-contact, and I have to be told every week, Simon, it's non-contact. And this is probably after I've nailed somebody. For the, uh, well, see, it just doesn't come out. Well, see, you've got to remember. I mean, I mean, I got to remember 48 that as well. Well, you've got to remember I'm 60, and I searched, <laughs> and I, I sort of, I went after the drug of playing team sports because I mean, I, I did all the big city marathons. I've, I've, I've climbed mountains in Europe. I've, I've, I've done cycling. I've done the Tour de France yeah. cycle routes. Um, I've done all of that to try and find that drug yeah. and that drug when it leaves you it's gone yeah. and you've got to then try and accept that the next best thing is to participate in a team's success yeah. and quite frankly if you think about it and I mean it's time for me to sort of switch the switch the tower turn the tables here but do you think of the team that I have around me right in in the likes of in the likes of uh, Steve as head of hockey and uh, with the team that he has around him and Adam and Jeff and half and and then you think of the volunteers and then you think of the people um you've come on board and and you're part of the family and i've always i've always believed in a soccer idiom for hockey like the boot room from liverpool there you go that is our club i've always believed that the 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 sort of that the way that shankly transformed liverpool i'm not a liverpool fan but as a professional F- suddenly finding himself in charge of a sports franchise yeah. and not knowing where the puck was blew up or stuffed, yeah. I had to come with an operating model. And it was very clearly obvious to me that the passion that existed within the club was such that it was very, very easy to sort of look around, look at a model bit of best practice and try and ship it. Work it. Yeah. <coughs> that caught me out. <laughs> Big thanks to Robert Fitzpatrick for his time, and obviously, Joe, you can see it, the passion he, he exudes it regards to this organisation. I absolutely love Mr Fitz, I genuinely do. Uh, he's he's one of probably the most intense people I've ever met, but in, in a way that fires me up. Uh, you know, five minutes with Robert and you're ready to run through a wall. And there's there's no one, and I mean no one, that, that could be better to to be at the helm of this organization, uh, of the Odyssey Trust, of the arena entity itself, of the whole heap, especially over the past couple of years. There's, there's no one that I can think of with, with a fire in their belly and a genuine passion for everything that, that happens in that building. Um, and we are in very safe hands as long as it's Mr. Fitzpatrick uh, that's, that's at the runner. Says you were you were you were the man conducting that interview there. You you see it yourself. You know you said you spoke about it yourself. There's a lot of plans of it, a lot of stuff we're not supposed to know, a lot of stuff we don't know that are coming along. And Robert is at the helm of all of that. Yeah, and, and I mean, I was speaking to Steve um, uh, after the the Boston trip. I went to Boston last or ten days ago, 
And Steve said they never stopped. For the four days that they were there, they never stopped. There was meeting, the meeting, the meeting, the meeting. Um, there was no downtime. They're literally just trying to make sure they've, they've got 22 sort of 23 sort of like 24 sort of like moving forward, all their plans, all their opportunities. Um, and it's getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, year six, unfortunately, well, as I say, we've missed two years, uh, but year six of, of the Friendship Four. Funny enough, I was, I was just looking through the the um, uh, the Friendship Four Bible, as, as Neil White says, put together, and it's got a full list of every single player that has played and how many, you know, who, who the top goal scorers are, the top point scorers, um, top appearances, everything. Everything is detailed on that the whole way down. Um, I'm just looking through that. I mean, and, and I think it was was it you mentioned last week that Father Brian had um, said there was 32 NHLers on there. I mean, yeah. I, I forgot all about um, Swayman, who played for Maine, um, and he's now at the minute he's number one for Boston, um, their number one goalie, and he played in the Friendship Four, and it's, that's four years ago. You know, and you're sitting. This is the whole. I, I, look. Big Craig Simpson listen to our podcast every week. You know Craig from from Northwest, and, and you know he's a big friend of the show. And and Craig would not miss the friendship for now. It's one of the things that he looks forward to, and it yep. should be in every every UK ice hockey fans' diary. It should be in their diary. Even the, 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 the even the a week off. That, sure. That's that's on. John O'Bullard as well over at the Nottingham Panthers podcast, the Cat Whiskers. He goes on and on about it, about, uh, about how what a weekend it is. I think he works with the TV aspect of it. Yeah, 24-7 does all that. But you know, and Davey, just right up coming to you, you know, it, it is it is a it's I say it's a fundamental feather in, in the cap of the Belfast Giants and the organization because it has embedded itself into what the organization is. It it shows the capability of the organization and what we can put on. I guess in the ten years since that is ten years now since the Odyssey Trust took the took the organisation yep. over, and what was a pretty fraught um, sort of exchange of, of ownership at the time, and it could have went badly wrong one way, but the the Odyssey Trust stepped in and steadied the ship. And you only need to see. And Simon talked about you know Robert coming in there, and he said himself didn't know whether a puck was blew up or stuff, <laughs> and became passionate about the club and has taken it in and just exponentially they, they use the 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 word that we've all learned over the last two years unfortunately um you know that growth and work you know it's not about personal legacy for robert there's a there's obviously going to be a little bit of that because no matter what he's behind it'll have his you know fingerprints on it the the, the second rank or third rank if you want to call it the third rank because we've got the odyssey we've got the the ice ball getting that an additional rank in northern ireland is massive to him that's it's a it's a passionate project for him and, and this friendship for which grew out of a, a few loose conversations and suddenly has became the bell pot spoken about in boston a hotbed for hockey it's a big tournament for you know the massachusetts area and they come over here people are coming over now from there to watch it as well you know there there's there's tourism out of it here there's money invested in northern ireland from it people are coming from gb to see it and then obviously the, the payback of, of what has happened and then STEM and all and, and opportunities for student athletes. It's just a great, it's a great event. We're very fortunate we're allowed to be a little part of it and we're even more fortunate we'll get to watch it. It's just great. If you're available, get to it. I'm, I'm just I'm just looking through, as I said, I was looking through it this, today because um, there's something, somebody asked me a question over the weekend about it and I said I would find out what the story was. 
And when you look back at the 2015-16 Northeastern team, there's five guys that were on that team have now played 726 games in the NHL. So there's Matt Banning's 325. He played, I think he started off in Edmonton. He's now played in um, uh, he went to Nashville and I, I, I can't remember where he is now. He gives me a second, I'll tell you. Actually, still in Nashville, yeah. And then you've got Zach Austin Reese, who was at the um, he's at the Pittsburgh Penguins, Dylan Secura, Chicago Blackhawks, Adam yep. Godet played with Vancouver, and I think he's at um, he's at uh, New Jersey now, and Kevin Roy, Kevin Wah, which is the goalie, you know, that's only five years ago, and they were playing at the SSA Arena. Listen, if you can't make it to SSA Arena, you need to watch it on TV. It's the best tournament that you will see ice hockey wise in the UK, bar none. That's it. Um, and this will not be the last time we speak about it, believe you me. I think it's a, it's, we can't wait for it. It's just under a year away, but we'll be coming back to it, no doubt, as we build up to it next season. It's, uh, yeah, one of my favorites. Anyway, news time, Mr. Neil. Yeah, boys, uh, we'll rattle quickly through uh, your action over the weekend. Uh, start with some good news. We had Challenge Cup games this week. <laughs> Bad news. Uh, they weren't group. They weren't group games because uh, yeah. I know that's everybody's favorite part of the season. But uh, as you guys have already discussed uh, at the top of the show, the Belfast Giant, Giants trail by a single goal heading into their quarterfinal second leg at home in January after a three-two Coventry Blaze victory at Skydome. And in Dundee, our good friend, friend of the show, Omar Pasha and his stars took a four-two first leg win over the Cardiff Devils in a game that had it all. Uh, more on that in just a moment. And in the Premier Sports Elite League over the weekend, on Saturday, the Dundee Stars got their weekend off to a solid start with a 5-2 win over local-ish rivals, the Glasgow clan at the DIA. Uh, most of the damage was done there in a three-goal first period. Uh, the Panthers also downed the Guildford Flames by five goals to two in front of 4,500 fans in Nottingham. Your Belfast Giants opened their homestand with a 3-1 win over the Fife Flyers on Teddy Toss night. The Cardiff Devils needed overtime to defeat the Manchester Storm at the Drizzled Dome, nicking the winner on the power play in the 61st minute. And the Sheffield Steelers continued their early season dominance, I'll say early season dominance, with a 3-1 win over the Coventry Blaze in Yorkshire. And on Sunday, the clan bounced back at home with a 4-3 scoreline over Guildford. After a bit of a hot start to the season, the Flames have hit the skids a wee bit, uh, failing to put a single point on the board over the weekend and leaving them down in fourth place. They were sitting in second. Uh, Euro Belfast Giants, on the other hand, completed their own four-point weekend with a 7-2 thrashing of David McGipsy's favourite team. Good for second place in the table and trailing six points behind the Steelers with a game in hand. And obviously that 1v2 doubleheader weekend to look forward to this weekend. The Steelers went to the Sky Dome where they beat Coventry 5-1, maintaining their 100% away record on the season so far. And that's also a zero-point weekend for the Blaze, leaving them in ninth place with 11 points from 13 games. Uh, the five Flyers were beaten 5-1 by the Manchester Storm in Kirkcaldy. A solid weekend for the Storm, taking three points from four. And uh, the Cardiff Devils lost at the DIA for the second time in a week, falling 2-1 to Dundee on Sunday, meaning that our friends from Wales have only managed two points from four and a cup defeat after laying a goose egg last week. And you just hate to see that. It's the kind of thing you hate to see. It's tough. Uh, and if we, if you don't mind, Patrick Smith, we'll take a look at your kind of general news. We might as well uh, begin with the fact that Dops have returned with a force uh, this week. Don't know if you've got music to that effect or we'll just carry on. We keep going. No, he does. Absolutely. Get <laughs> uh, to talk about Dops. Oh, oh, oh. There it is. Dops. Go for it. 
Beautiful. Uh, get to talk about my favorite goaltender in the league first. On Saturday night in Sheffield, Steelers goaltender Barry Brust used his blocker in an illegal action directed at the head of Coventry Blaze forward Yanni Kivaladi, earning him a fine and a one-game suspension, which was served on Sunday as the Steelers won away in Coventry. I don't know. Do we have video for these, Paddy? No. No, I've, not, not, I've been... No. No video. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not, not this not week, sadly. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but as the puck comes from behind the goal net, Brust turns uh, to, to Kivalati, lunges forward at him, arms extended, hands stick raised, uh, blocker contact into the head. Um, the Dob says that Kivalati was unaware and unable to protect himself. This is Ruffin. And they also made the point that it's important to note that the goaltender's blocker is a lot stronger than a player's glove. And there's specific rules regarding the use of the blocker other than to save the puck. It's deemed reckless and endangering with a high risk of causing an injury. So we get a fine in a one game, which has been served and all. And uh, we will get to see him hopefully for the first time on the SSE ice this weekend. Uh I don't know if you've already talked about it before I popped into the show this evening, but nope. on Wednesday night in Coventry, uh, our very own Ben Lake was assessed a major and game misconduct kneeing penalty for a hit on place forward Matthew Thompson, which caused an injury removing Thompson from the game. Lake was subsequently fined and suspended for two games, meaning he should be back in action this weekend. Fingers crossed for the home Sheffield double. Uh, Dop says on this one, Thompson's in control. The puck's skating through the neutral zone. Uh, Lake is back checking towards his defensive zone. And as Thompson reaches the goal line, he turns to skate across the ice in an effort to avoid the Giants' defense. Uh, Lake sees Thompson crossing the blue line, moves towards him, attempts to line up a body check, uh, adjusts his course in an attempt to make full body contact, leading with his knee and making direct contact with his opponent, which is the definition of kneeing. Um, Dobbs' rationale here, they say that it's important to note Lake is in control of the play. Uh, they acknowledge that he was attempting to make a full body check, uh, but this play cannot be classified as a collision between two players where one or both re- move reactively or defensively at the last moment to avoid contact. Um, so essentially they're saying the onus is on him to take the angle of approach that ensures he's in a good position. Uh, and uh, for that, he was obviously suspended for two games plus a fine. I don't know if you have any thoughts about Ben Lake's uh, kneeing incident in Coventry. Um, I'll go first. Fine. I think like the, the the suspension was more or less what I was expecting. Um, I don't know about the other gents. You know, it's sort of one of those, and you see it. You know, they're, they're, his legs are nerved. It is near knee. You know, it, it, the onus is on Baron Lake in that respect. He got the he got the match penalty, and you know, I was expecting two or three. Although two, you know, from my perspective, two is acceptable. Davy. There was a similar um, incident in the Maple Leafs game a couple of weeks ago, and that's the yeah. then I think it's Spezza goes in and, and ends up getting the, the does he get a mental six games or something eleven for eleven games for the kind of retali- it's almost a retaliation hit. Um, I think the, the, the Dops sort of explanation there is fair enough on Laker. There you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, and I think that <laughs> that one there he should fold that hand and, and get out of the way, you know. It's one of those you don't like to see knee on the incidents in hockey because they, they can be really, really bad for, for a player getting a, a knee to a knee. And um, I, I hope the Blaze player, as as Laker will as well, we'll hope that that Blaze player is absolutely fine because whether it's whether it's a, a suspensionable hit or not, Laker will not have went to, to hurt him. You know, that that's yeah. for sure. But as I say, when he cuts across that blue line, the onus is on Ben Lake. They're probably not too with the check out of that hit to get out of it and, and unfortunately we're talking split second decision yep. I made the wrong decision gets two game suspension I think he'll look back at that and go yeah fair enough I think the organisation will as well he's served him now I look forward to having him back in and the ad says you happy enough what was the question 
He deserved. He got what he deserved. I mean, ultimately, it's three games. Um, you know, he missed two, and then obviously he was thrown out that game. So yeah. it's, it's over and done with now. But Sheffield this weekend, hopefully, they'll be back. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, and then obviously the one that has done the rounds, uh, even getting the the John Boy treatment on uh, on the internet <laughs> this week um, on Wednesday night in Dundee, Cardiff Devils forward Brandon McNally was assessed a major and game misconduct fighting penalty at the end of the second period that actually resulted in a double fine and a two game suspension. Um, we don't have enough time on the show to go through this madness, boys, but I, I assume that all and sundry have already seen it. Um, he obviously uh, he, he gets involved with several people on the ice. Uh, does a bit of shoving, does a bit of punching, makes his way over to uh, the the gate to go down into the dressing room. Because of the setup of Dundee's rink, uh, there's really no segregation there between fan and player as you come off. Uh, does a bit of John at someone in the crowd. Person in the crowd moves faster than I've ever seen anyone move ever down a flight of stairs. It was stunning. Uh, I think we should be taking a look at him for next season if he can skate. Um, uh, and that was all, all diffused pretty quickly. Uh, but interesting to note, just following on from that incident, the Dundee Stars are going to be independently investigated by hockey ops um, with work to ensure similar incidents involving spectators and, spectators, excuse me, and items being thrown onto the playing surface are not repeated. This is a conversation we've had over and over again, though. You, you've seen it with... Uh, did, did Devin Didio Midi get involved with, play, with fans? Or, no, what do you call Convoy. the guy? It was... Conboy, oh my goodness, that's who it was. Super, yeah, that's a great pull. Um, and even all the way back to, to Theo Fleury uh, coming up over the penalty box in, in Coventry, which was obviously before my time, but I've seen the footage. Um, but yeah, look, they, they say they're going to investigate it. I don't know if you guys have anything to add, to add to what will be one of the enduring video clips of the season, no doubt. <coughs> Go on, David. I can't understand for life. I mean, I, I know you can't compare eggs with apples. And Seth Bennett always said this about two games for this and two games for that, you can't compare them. So you can't compare Ben Lake getting suspended for two games for the knee with this incident. How McNally has got away with two games, and, and we've been quite forthright, so don't be saying I'm putting my tail specs on here. We've been quite forthright about Ben Lake, the hit, we've analysed it, and the suspension, accepted it, move mm-hmm. on. How McNally has got away with <laughs> multiple altercations... Still fighting yeah. when the linos and stuff, and, and yep. who who would want? I don't know what a, a, a lino gets paired in this league. Probably not a brilliant. Fair play, that lino was gosh. all in. Like that lino was but very like, physical. How the Dundee Stars can stop someone tossing a bottle from three rows back? I don't know what they're supposed to do there. And uh, as far as yes, okay, running down and getting to the the crush barrier, or whatever. I, I think it's yeah. um, who's number forty one for the Devils? Is it? Josh Batch. Josh Batch. Josh Batch. Batch yeah. might, might well have done uh, McNally a solid there and got off the bench and ran quickly when he seen, I think he, he, he spied the guy come down the steps. I'd love to know what was said there because it, it tilted his switch there. Like he was went pretty tilt there in no time at all. He touched uh, every uh, step on the way down <laughs> those feet. But if, it's like, like Fred Flintstone bowling. I don't know who it was that he crossed that, but it was that last incident of the sort of two hands or slight cross check to the, to the chin of the guy that tilted your man and he's through the bottle at that stage yeah. and then something else has been said as well and he's just went mad Lost it's his funny phone. to watch but it's not it's, it's a serious subject as well you know I don't know the, the chat from Dops it, it's not enough the two games is not enough in that situation for me and as I say I have to be very careful because we've just analysed the Belfast Giants Dops situation and you can get get accused of being you know very biased but 
Like I don't know what anybody else's opinion were. That is more than a two game suspension for me. Says I can't get involved in this. Okay. Of course I can. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> I was wondering what was going on there. McNally's got away with one for sure. Totally yep. agree with you. Um, I mean, I, I loved Matt Nickerson's tweet. Um, oh, my God. Games. Um, you know, and he's, he's got up. I mean, I know Nicker, you know, sort of made contact with a guy, although he didn't make enough contact with him, yeah, in my true. opinion. But your man running down the stairs, you know what? Apparently, it was a Cardiff Devil fans that stopped him getting to the fence or getting to the cow gate. In all fairness, if he'd have got to the cow gate, He'd have been He'd on be the taken floor. out in a stretcher, and he deserved to be taken out in a stretcher. Sit in your seat and stop being a big lad. If you're throwing stuff on the ice, you need to throw out of the arena in the first place. But yeah. the bottom line is, those guys are basically. I felt bad for McNally in that position, to be honest, because he should not be put in that position. But the no. ice arena needs to be doing better to stop people getting anywhere near the the players and what the instance. Because it's, I mean, even during the game, the people are walking past there, and I understand, you know, that's a small. Uh, smaller rink, and they need to be able to get from one side of the thing to the other. Um, hey, Todd, how are you? Um, but you know, for me, it's all about <laughs> it's all about the, you know they need to stop that fan getting to anywhere near the players. Um, so I did feel sorry for for McNally in that instance. However, two games, it's laughable to be honest. Yeah, boys, just a just a break. Sorry, that just. Up. To- which is, Go I, ahead, just, Paddy. I, I think two games is absolutely sorry. Laughable. I agree with both the gents. And I think that uh, you look at some of the instances we have in the past, like with the likes of Conboy, with the likes of Nickerson, and, and you know, other instances where. But even before we get there, as, as, as the lads have said, you know, punching the lad down in the prone on the ice, getting involved with the Lionel as well, getting up and basically just shoving in the face of the first man he sees on the way out. Just all these things added together should have should have you know equaled something a bit more, but in the um, but I love that uh, that John Boy video that's on um that's on uh on Twitter and, and some of the aspects of that I hadn't actually seen. Such I didn't even know there was a bottle thrown until I watched neither that. did I. And, yeah, uh, amazing. And, but also the fella, the fact that the fella after doing that went back to his seat. <laughs> well, I'm, that now, I'm gonna go back to his seat. Here. Nope, out you go, son. All right, and he just zipped out. I haven't seen a fella being thrown out of arena like, an arena like that since uh, Chris Revel was thrown out a hole. You know, that was it's a long time uh, before we move on from this uh, actually I just pulled up the, the Matt Nickerson suspension and I do remember on this very show having yeah. this exact discussion at the, about the Guilford Spectrum um, yeah. because there there isn't that infrastructure to keep fans away from players who are playing an intensely physical game and, and are seeing red and uh, Matt Nickerson for that match penalty got in the, the fight with the player got the abuse of the officials penalty and then got a further match penalty for engaging with a spectator 28th of January 2018 suspension 20 games so uh, make it make sense you know um, one last thing in news sorry I know we're running long but Wednesday scheduled game between the Nottingham Panthers and Manchester Storm has been postponed in accordance with EIHL COVID protocols I think that might be the first one this season but hopefully it one is. of uh, a very few if not no further we can cross our fingers and that's your news Patrick Thanks very much, but yeah, that, that it's so disappointing that that's happened, and we see it's happening in the Premier League. A lot of teams yeah. going down, especially we say to anybody out there, stay safe. You know, it's the uh, there's a lot of this going about now. It has been going about for two years, um, but hopefully, 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 we'll be able to see through Christmas and see the end of it, and hopefully not not too much disruption. 
Um, okay, we'll just quickly move on to the games that have taken place this weekend. We'll, we'll not talk too much about it because obviously we'll leave that to the lads on the ice. Games it is first against second at the SSE Arena. The uh, the Sheffield Steelers visit to play the Belfast Giants 7 p.m. on 7 p.m. on Friday and 7 p.m. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get those get yourselves down to the SSE Arena or follow on uh, Giants TV with our good friend there, Mr. Simon Kitchen. Um, just briefly around the world, I'll start with you, Joel. You know, first for, first versus second and a chance to catch the, catch the Steelers. Yeah, look, form team. Uh, there's no point in, in chewing over this one too much. Uh, the Giants, I think, played a blinder over the weekend. Down on bodies uh, were spectacular, uh, especially Sunday against the Panthers, as, as you guys have covered expertly. Uh, this is it. This is this is the big weekend. It's the one everyone had circled in their calendars as soon as the fixtures come out. So it's time to go. It's time for these boys to to get stuck in. And uh, and I, I could not have loved what Jordan Boucher said uh, more earlier in the show. Uh, that says to me that the boys understand and that they see the importance of this weekend. So I'm just ready to go. Good point, says Bush. Seemed that he was ready for it. They're all ready for it, man. Um, hoping to have a couple more bodies back this weekend. I know uh, Ben Lake suspensions over, so. Um, I'm sure he'll be back in the lineup, but hopefully a couple more feeling uh, good enough to be ready to go. And we'll uh, hopefully, yeah, Friday night, let's get ready to go and beat the Steelers. How pivotal are these weekends, Davey? He's on mute. He's going... <laughs> How pivotal? Are... I know you don't want me to come, Dave, but that's fine. How pivotal are weekends <laughs> like this, first versus second? Is this a key weekend of the season? Every weekend is key. Um, this is obviously when you're playing the teams at the top, you have to you have to put them away as well. And you know, without going too cliche, there's a whole load of <laughs> <laughs> like celebrity squares, great, great. <laughs> like celebrity squares. Right <laughs> oh, other way. For anybody not watching on YouTube, we're just messing about. Yeah, sorry um, about that. Like it, it, it is. It's obviously key to close that gap as well. They've played um, maybe one game more than us. Would that be right? Um, you know, I think it's level We still have the one game in hand. Yep. Yeah, um, fifteen and sixteen. It, it's important. That's that's worried about Friday night. And, and I, I agree with the guys. Are what Bush said about remembering what went down in, in Sheffield and wanting yeah. to write that wrong. That's that's the first thing we have to do this weekend. And, and Saturday, will take courage yourself after Friday. Absolutely. That is Belfast Giants against the Sheffield Steelers, SSE Arena on Friday and Saturday. It's a big weekend for your home team. 7pm for both of those games. Get yourself down to the SSE Arena or follow it on Giants Live TV, Giants TV with Mr. Simon Kitchen. Um, enjoyed, by the way, says enjoyed like uh, Darcy being on and um, Kieran Long I thought was very good as well. Who else? There was somebody else on with you as well. Cam Knight. Cam Knight. Thought he was good as well. But the uh but I thought the Kieran Long especially enjoyed Kieran Long, thought he was excellent. Like longer sort of once he got into it, he was okay. He was a wee bit nervous at the start. But um, you know, you just once you take a mick out of him a wee bit, he's he's okay. So um but no, he was good. I thought he was really good and, and I actually like doing him with Darcy as well. He yep. he sort of you have to give him a bit of a, a prod every once in a while, sorry, poke every once in a while. <laughs> Um, to, to make sure he's paying attention because he's so, I mean, some of the guys are so involved in the game. It's like they're still sitting watching the game from the bench. So you just need to give him a wee nudge and uh, and he knows all about it. <laughs> there you go. Poke, poke, poke. <laughs> there you go, Dibby. Hiya. Give it a wee frost. Wrong way. <laughs> uh, we can tell you, Dip. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So, yeah, any other business, gents? I'm going to start off. Just there was a nice email, or sorry, a nice um, tweet from the Belfast Giants uh, on the Facebook thing about uh, they're asking people to email in if you've lost somebody in the last 12 months or so, uh, and you'd like them remembered. The, the Giants are going to try to do their best to do that. There's, uh, I would go to <clears throat> go to the Belfast Giants Facebook account or Twitter, and I believe the email address is no reply at. Uh, BelfastGiants.com. Um, a really nice thing uh, says for the Giants, a really nice initiative for the Giants to be involved in. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Um, I know that you know there's there's a lot of people who have lost um, loved ones over the last um, period of time, even more so more than eighteen, sorry, twelve months, Paddy. And um, you know, I think it's a nice touch. It's it's one of them things that sort of you know brings the club together that wee bit more and. and uh, you know, the, yes, the, you know, we, you always get things wrong and you maybe don't recognize certain things throughout the year. But you, I think this is something that in the last game of the season, and it just happens to be in New Year's Eve as well, four o'clock face off. Um, don't know when they're doing it. Don't know if they're doing it at the start of the game. But like, yeah, I have no idea. Um, but I think it's a really, really nice touch. And, and hopefully, again, it, it brings memories back and good memories back for people who, who are no longer with us. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else with a comment on it or any other business? No, absolutely super. Says summed it up. I think we'll, we'll all have a few names in our heads that evening, but uh, that's a, an absolutely classy move from from the club, and, and I saw it being uh, praised far and wide, not just in the Giants fan base. So, brilliant. Any other business, boys? Not for me, mate. All done. Nope. David, nothing. Joel, I take it you guys covered uh, we Dahi McGowan. Uh, earlier in the show and the, the importance of organ donation what a wee superstar so sign the register have that conversation with your loved ones and it takes a couple of minutes and uh, do something amazing fantastic <clears throat> and on that note we'll wrap things up big thanks to Jordan Boucher Robert Fitzpatrick uh, for their time and be involved with the show um, big thanks to all, all involved with regards to the, the footage that we've used um, those games as we said Belfast Giants against the Sheffield Steelers Friday and Saturday at the SSE Arena at 7pm get yourselves down there absolutely it, I, I will warn you however Mark Hitchcock is over for the weekend oh my god um, <laughs> There's danger involved. Are you over, Paddy? I am, yeah. Are you? What? Yeah. Friday afternoon for the weekend. Debbie, Debbie, something Tuesday, Debbie? Monday. 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 Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to put up with Hitchcock. I'm going to try to avoid him for the weekend, but that's not going to happen, really. I'll, uh, uh, I'll get the Moretti poured for you, Mr. P. Smith. Can't wait to see you. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yep, so Friday oh, and Saturday. Paddy, I'm- Paddy, I, I work for the organization now. I can stop him getting in. That's true. Finally. You force him to pay for uh, Jan's TV and sit outside. I want to follow that base. Just get me a, photograph, a recent photograph of him and we'll put it in the door. No access to this man. No access to this man. <laughs> I'll do that. See, he's, do you know what? He's been sending me WhatsApp all the way through this show because he's absolutely hammered. He's that excited about coming over. It's there as bad go. as Davey was on Saturday night. Um, Davey wasn't yeah. that bad on Saturday night. Nah, he was all right. You're all right, Davey. You're all right on Sunday. 
I've got a my phone's broke, so all those messages that look like they were sent on a dodgy way was just because I can't read what my screen is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it is, mate. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. So yes, the weekend ahead is going to be a big one for the Belfast Giants. Get yourself down to the SSE Arena. Um, get us at AVFTV on Twitter, Facebook, uh, KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Um, big thank you to Mr. Neil, Mr. Majimsy, and Mr. Kitchen. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Nice one, lads. And uh, wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your holiday. We'll catch you next time on a new from. Sports Social Podcast Network.